Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. The title of my sermon last week was, I am not a professional lover. Um, that you are the bride of Christ. And we talked about, um, and I think I like kind of like the idea of going on recaps because I want to really stoke you guys to go back in the Bible in your secret time, in your secret places. So we talked about the church of Ephesus and we looked in um, the letter that Paul wrote versus the letter that John wrote in Revelation and how Ephesus was known for the love that they carried towards other, which was, which was the same word for love that God has for us. And that came from the knowing of our salvation. Um, versus in Revelation, like which is only like 30 years past, um, the Apostle John basically tells Ephesus, like, you're doing all these things with so much power, so much grit, so much determination, and yet you've lost your first love. Um, so, you know, we talked about what happened. And um, <clears throat> and kind of shared the, you know, how we can often try to professionalize our relationship with the Lord, um, how we can try to metric or quantify or, um, you know, think that our relationship with God is out of obligation, out of earning some kind of wage. Um, because... Um, <laughs> So delicately, I put you, the professional lover is a prostitute, and we ran out of Proverbs. Um, however, um, the love relationship with that, you, that you have with the Lord, the things that comes out of a love and understanding of his great love for you, um, makes you the bride of Christ and not a professional lover. Um, we kind of mentioned about the book of Colossians and how that was a letter from Paul for the book from the city of Colossae. I don't even know how to say that still, but <laughs> Jeremy and I fact-checked myself. And it was. I just sounded like an idiot trying to say it out loud. And um, kind of in the same situation. So I kind of want to hit Colossians because um, that's what takes us to Revelation 3. Um, so Colossians. 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 Let's see. Hey, uh, no, let's put it. Let's wait to put it up. So we talked about how in Colossians there was a disparity of the early church and how that demographic at that place um, was a bunch of people who were Jewish that converted and that were super deep in the law. And then you had a bunch of Gentiles that had converted and um, pagan mysticism was super uh, prevalent and there. And so now we have them all in the church trying to be one family because they believe in Jesus. And you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Um, could you imagine essentially uh, what that would look like today? Let's say if, um, you know, you had people who are Jewish or people who are Catholic or people that were like, you know, came from a Baptist upbringing. Um, and again, nothing against any of those things. Um, but I just want to kind of paint a picture of maybe how that would in our house today. Um, and then you had a bunch of people that were new age and um, all of a sudden found Jesus and they came here. Um, <laughs> what kind of conversations would you have? Um, you'd probably have conversations about like, you know, on the mystic side of like energies and like all these different kinds of things and like how does that fit in with the Holy Spirit? Um, and then you'd have people like talking about the law and the letter of the word and um, what's in the Bible. And so like, you know, you probably have a lot of people arguing, 
right? And just a lot of tension as far as between the two congregations. And um, so as we get into Revelation, which it's a long passage, but I just wanted to throw it up there. Eric, can you put on the message that, uh, yeah, I don't know how it looks. But starting Revelation 3 is the Apostle John, who is the last living apostle because everybody else has basically been persecuted and killed. Um, He writes to the church of Laodicea. Um, What you might not know is Laodicea is right next to Colossae, so it's basically writing to them. Because when Paul was writing to um, uh, his letter to Colossae, it was also to the church of Laodicea. Um, So starting in verse 15, it says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would you, uh, would that you were either cold or hot? So, um, because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you were wretched, pitiable, and poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy um, from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves, um, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And, um, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come um, in to him and eat with him, and he is with me. So this passage used to, like, scare me as, a, like, a kid um, when I was, like, you know, in youth group. Because um, I think people always used to say, if you're sinning, sin, or if you're with the Jesus, or if you're with Jesus, like do the Jesus thing and do it right. Um, and I was a Christian that was kind of still understanding my identity and understanding that I was a new creation, and I felt like, um, you know, I needed to modify my behavior. Um, I constantly was like, oh my gosh, I am lukewarm and Jesus is going to spit me out of his mouth because I'm still struggling with this sin thing and I don't get it. Um, So I was always like, I don't know how to feel about this passage. Um, So just to give some background on the church of Laodicea and where it is located, um, they had a lot of quote unquote dirty water because they were not able to use it for um, kind of their day to day life because cold water they were able to use for some things and hot water they were use, able to use for some things. However, um, they were not able to use um, lukewarm water. And so now this is a question of oh, so cold water can be used. And so now I think with what was taught to me when I was younger is only part of the picture. I mean, we see and know in part, that's what the Bible says. And so what was the full picture? And as I was kind of like munching on this over like the past like couple weeks, I don't know, here we are. And um, I think that is our transparency with the Lord. When I think about the Church of Colossae, when Paul was talking to them about um, start get, stop getting mixed up about what you have to do Um, and because you had, again, Jewish legalism on one side and pagan mysticism mysticism on the other side, now you're kind of coming to a place with probably over the next 20 years or so, they were probably thinking like, okay, it's okay to accept maybe what you're saying, even though I don't necessarily agree, but I'm not necessarily going to say that to you um, because we have to be all cordial here because we're the body of Christ and we probably have to feel some type of way, right? So I'm just probably going to 
not engage you or not be fully transparent with you um, to where, um, where I believe, um, again, Heather Jones's opinion, um, that's where this letter came from because they were lukewarm. They were constantly at attention in the beginning, but something changed. Something, there was no longer any tension, but now they were not even knowing what they were believing about themselves or their faith or finding it in truth. Um, and so I just wanted to even break down some of these verses even further. Um, so, so, you, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Um, and even just where my personal life, too, of um, I never thought I could be disappointed with God. Um, I never thought I could be really real with the Lord. Um, I mean, I kind of knew it. I mean, I knew it by saying it, but um, I was not praying because I did not believe really truly in prayer. Um, I did not believe that prayer was more significant than talking to someone that would give me a real answer that was audible. And, um, you know, and, and again, to be really real, real with you guys, um, you know, it was so recent, like it was like August when I was like on uh, a big trip that, um, you know, I was, I was feeling really suicidal. Um, and I was like, I was having trouble like in my marriage and um, of the first year of just like, you know, knowing how to communicate and knowing that I had brought so much baggage into my marriage that I was like, I can't, I can't handle this. I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be offensive anymore. I don't want to like be this way, but this is not, Lord, this is not what you promised me. Like, and I felt like my only way out was to just like die. And, uh, yeah, I just, and I feel like that was the first time that I was like, God, I don't know if you're really hearing me, like, because I constantly see shadows of you moving in my life. However, I, I don't think I've just seen you, seen you. And, um, and it was interesting because even like the following Friday, uh, I was still just like mad. And I was just telling everybody I was mad. <laughs> I went to my friend's Bible study and everybody's like, oh, how are you doing? And somebody was like, what's your high and low? And everybody was like, oh, I, you know, a low is that I didn't sleep and a high was that, um, you know, I'm going to a concert. And I was like, no, it's <laughs> like I'm having problems with my marriage. I'm really pissed off right now and I'm waiting for God to show up. And I think <laughs> God met me in that. And I like, I guess the encouragement that I have for you today is that I hope that same realness resonates here in this house of being real with where you're at with the Lord. That we don't want your lukewarm because your lukewarm doesn't do anything for us. And it's not like I have the, you know, therapized words for you to give you your healing, but I know who does. I know who does. Um, and I don't know, even in that moment, to realize, because 17 kind of catches me, right? So it says, for you say I am rich and I have prospered and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, and blind, and naked. Um, and it's, I don't think I ever stop to take a moment to say, Lord, 
you know, especially for my marriage, it's like, Jeremy's great. You guys all know him. He's super nice. Like, what would ever be wrong with him? Like, you know, and so <laughs> he's perfect. Hello. <laughs> but I was like, so there's something wrong with me. And I was like, there's something, I don't know what it is. And I think, but I was constantly like trying to encourage myself of something not existing versus being real with the Lord. I was trying to encourage myself by saying, you know what? Jeremy is good. He knows the Lord. Um, I'm on track. Like I have spiritual whatever parents, people around me that are supporting me. So it should be fine. Everything should be fine. Everything is fine. It's like that little meme. I love this meme of this dog in a room that's on fire. And he's like, everything is fine. Um, that's been my life where I just deny that things even exist or wanting to go deeper because I'm like not ready to open those boxes. Like, Lord, I already healed that, that sin problem, you know, quote unquote of, you know, um, where before in my single life, I was jumping from relationship to relationship. I was like, like, you know, and I had a lot of control like with those relationships cause I could easily get out, you know, and it was fine. Like it was fine. And it was so temporary and so, like, harmful. And to think that that wasn't something that I needed to address in my marriage with God. Because I was like, well, I'm married now and he's great, so it's fine. Everything is fine. Um, so, so when I read this verse, I think it's like not even taking the time for yourself to realize maybe there are something deeper. Not to say, like, again, I'm not projecting something on you of, like, if you're fine now, if you're enjoying the Lord, like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying there's some deep anger with you and whatever. But for my situation, I kept telling myself and reminding myself, not with the truths of who God's character was, but with truths that I could, like, in my life of milestones of like, well, these things are fine. So I should be fine. Anybody else would be fine. And I shouldn't be. And I, so I should be this way. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered. I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Um, I realized that there are things that I was avoiding through triggers that I was having in my conversations with Jeremy um, was bringing out that there was something else there for me personally. So um, that's how I interpret that next verse. The next verse, it says, I cancel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen um, and the salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Um, I was like, you're going to advise me to buy what? Like, what's it going to cost me? Um, and so I was kind of curious about that verse. And it actually comes from Isaiah 55. It says, the title of this chapter says, The Invitation to the Lord's Salvation. It says, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come. Take your choice of wine and milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for a food that does, not, does you no good? Listen to me. And you eat what was good, and you will enjoy the finest food. And it kind of continues to, to share that, like, you're, you're purchasing something, but it's really at the cost of, like, what we were just talking about before, which the realization that you're, you have something that is burdening your relationship with the Lord, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire. 
and we talked about that last week too, of anything that you're referred to the Lord, it's not diamonds that needs more pressure, that needs more sharpening, shining, whatever. You're refined to as gold in First Peter. Um, the refinement process is melting you to lift out the things that were never a part of you. The Lord is going to melt you and melt your heart. And gold, even the purest of gold, needs refinement multiple times. Um, so that's why I kind of took from the next one as far as like, what does it cost me? It cost me those things that I realized that I was concealing from the Lord to give that to him and submit like in my honesty. Um, yeah. And it says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. I think this verse speaks for itself of think about the people that really care for you in your life. They follow up with you. They care, care about you. And um, so the Lord is involved. The Lord is involved. And I, yeah, and I'm excited. He wants a good things for you. If his character is true and nothing changes that, then I want to be zealous to give over my things that I've been concealing that have hurt me um, because I know that he gives beauty for ashes. He gives joy for mourning. And then um, last, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Again, pretty straightforward, but man, the reminder of the Lord is always knocking because he's always present. Nothing separates you. He's still knocking. Um, do you hear him? Because he's speaking. Open the door for the Lord. Um, yeah. And I just love how it, like, there's that, that reciprocation at the end, too. Um, I will come into him and eat with him and he eat with me. Like, there's, like, this kind of just, uh, I don't know, there's just a sitting at the table with the Lord. Like, it's not like you uh, are like this dog, you know, like, and God's at the table or that God's a dog and you're sitting at the table. Like, you know, I'll come to him and eat with him and he with me. The Lord wants to eat at your table. He wants to eat with you and meet you in your heart, in your space. Um, and... Yeah, I had this old, whole other passage, but I think I'm going to wait for that next week. That was like the unbaked part, so I think I'm just like ready to just <laughs> just do that later. <laughs> it's going to be dope. It's going to be talking about more intimacy things. But um, so even just, uh, you know, and, and just to share, just like, you know, in the house, like, you know, Abraham was just like, I feel like I can't minister. And... Um, you know, Scott, Caleb, and, and myself, we were just like, if you can't, you can't. You know what I mean? We don't want you to perform into a thing, to feel like you have to, like, come, because you have to, you know? Um, and so it's interesting that, you know, this has come up of, like, even when we feel cold, like, the Lord is going to use that. We are going to see the victory in his life and be encouraged by it by his testimony, along with yours, too. Um, and so I guess my, like, more, maybe more applicable thoughts is 
um, you know, are you being real with the Lord? Even with your coldness, even with your hot, fiery passions. Um, and I think even in application too of like, do you have somebody that you're actually telling that to too? I think for me, um, where God has even met me even deeper is to realize that things that I thought the Lord had healed, he wants to take me even deeper because I was hiding even just that story. You know, the Bible that talks about purity, the other word for it is completely blameless. You know, that I can't even be blamed for parts of my testimony that were broken and raw. I can no longer be blamed or labeled um, by my sin because the Lord has washed that away, um, has healed that. And I'm open to talk about that as part of my testimony to encourage others. Um, And so wherever you are in your season and um, and how you're feeling with the Lord, I think to be open open in that in community, that's what church is for. Um, That's what this family is for. And um, so if you've never had, like, a one-on-one, because I think, like, I grew up in this whole part of my, like, uh, vast majority of my life in church with, I had a pastor, but I didn't have a pastor. Like, I had a pastor who was preaching from a pulpit down to seats, but then they didn't really know what was going on in my life. And so um, whatever that looks like for you, um, you know, and I know it might be odd or whatever, and Abraham's going through some stuff, and and I'm here, and I'm kind of like the new guy, but, like, there are other people, and there are us, and I would love to get you connected um, just to talk about all the things. Like, we want you to be blameless, too. Um, the enemy can't use anything that's in the light. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.